0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of FinTech Fridays. I'm Brian View, President and Chief Operating Officer of FinLocker, and I've got Evan Wade on with us this week. Evan is the founder and CEO of Epic OS, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into Epic OS in a minute, Evan. But I wanna I wanna start by having you just kind of tell a little bit about your story um, and how you um, got into the business ownership channel, specifically how you got in the wholesale channel as a, as a brokerage owner. So Evan, thanks for, thanks for coming on, buddy.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, definitely. I'm excited to, you know, mainly talk about Epic OS for sure, but we'll talk about myself a little bit. (laughs) 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, um, started out in actual, banking so you know growing up at my parents were small business owners they recently they sold their business a couple of years ago uh, and retired uh, so you know the the business that they had I got received a lot of checks you know so so my mom was taking me to the bank every day and I I, I actually I liked going to the bank it always kind of fascinated me Pro- probably the free lollipops but um, you know, I was gonna say
0: free suckers will do it
1: <laughs> exactly yeah but uh, it did it did fascinate me and and uh, you know when I um, was first, you know, started, graduated high school, about to start uh, college, it, I really was not thrilled about being in college whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but, but um, so I, I knew that I didn't, I, I couldn't having like a restaurant job on my, on my resume probably wasn't the best way, you know, to, to have a launch pad for my career once I did graduate from college. Um, so, you know, I thought about what i could do you know through my college years and i got hired as a part-time seasonal teller uh at a uh, branch of uh, what is now td bank uh it's commerce bank at the time uh in uh at the jersey shore so it was a um sort of a seasonal location because we we're very close to like for those of you that are familiar with the jersey shore near like avalon stone harbor area so we got really busy in the summertime so they just hired tellers to Kind of help out during those summer rushes of of yeah. their you know clients in the philly area that are coming coming down here so um very quickly you know i got i had a manager who kind of saw something in me um and uh, he very quickly promoted me to um customer service rep and it was there where i first got introduced to mortgages in 2009 um because the bank had the genius idea they wanted to get into the first Refi boom after um, you know the financial crisis two thousand eight, uh, but they didn't have the MLO sales force to do that. So they were like, "All right, we'll we'll just throw our customer service reps out yeah. on, out onto the floor and and try to sell <laughs> you know all these refis," which you know anybody that. Knows anything about the mortgage industry? Knows that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. <laughs> they gave us a one-day training class. It's called uh, Mortgage Pro 101, I think it was, or something like that. And uh, there was nothing beyond the 101. That was the only class we got. <laughs> it was the only training resources they had. Um, and I'm a I'm an introvert. I'm not a good salesperson. At least that's the way I kind of look at myself. Um, but I compensate for that by knowing more about. The product than anybody else, so I knew that that training wouldn't be sufficient. So I found all of the mortgage guidelines for the bank on the company internet. They didn't even tell us where to go to find that. We didn't have an LOS, so I learned how to like I was calculating DTIs and LTBs and stuff just on my calculator and a piece of paper essentially. Um, so that was how I first got introduced to mortgages, and I believe it or not, I fell in love with them. <laughs> yeah, even without having any training in my my re even my our regional uh consumer lender like our you know the person that we reached out to for help with lending products um she didn't know much about mortgages so like she was just like when people went to her they were like call evan so like i was helping <laughs> you know people all throughout the region and and all of that with mortgages and uh you know after a few about five years i worked my way up to an assistant manager at tv bank and just sort of getting burnt out i was trying to get out of the branch. I even interviewed for uh, a mortgage loan officer position at the bank and the sales manager basically talked me out of it. He was like, (laughs) you'll get paid, you know, the commission's about 60 bips or something like that. And, you know, you'll, you'll, um, uh, you know, and and now that the, the, um, the people in the branches are doing mortgages, they're not going to refer you any business so you're basically out on an island self-sourcing your own business just like you would in the non-bank world um so i just kind of left it at that and and you know end of 2014 i just i didn't even have a job lined up i just knew that i was done with you know working in the bank so i just quit (laughs) i (laughs) I like i said nothing lined up so i was driving uber that winter Um, you know, just to, just to pay the bills, get my mortgage payment, all that. And, um, I went on Facebook and, um, I had actually, sorry, back step a little bit. I, I got a, I got a job in February of 2015, uh, at a company called corporation service company, and they are, I think the number two provider of registered agent services. So for anybody who has started a mortgage broker shop or any kind of business knows that You need a registered agent to, uh, you know, when you're getting registered in other states. So um, I basically worked as an account manager for them, cross-selling other products like annual report filings and a bunch of other things like that. And was really good at that job, too, because, you know, it's kind of a work again work smarter not harder yeah. kind of thing yeah. so like, i was searching all the databases trying to find people who are delinquent on the annual reports before calling them instead of just calling them blind and trying to sell <laughs> them stuff so i was crushing the sales goals and then like my managers even pulled me into the office and was like can you at least like try to make as many phone calls as everybody else <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: we need we need you to to work harder, not smarter. I yeah, think. exactly.
1: Yeah. They were like, I, I, we appreciate your methods, but like, mm-hmm. can you at least show everybody else that you're putting forth, you know, as much effort as they are? Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, fine. But it, it was a very boring job. Um, you know, I, I didn't have any kind of passion for it whatsoever, like I did in banking and, and learning mortgages. Um, so I uh, was on Facebook. Um, and uh back then it was called your other folder of your messages so when somebody messaged you and wasn't your friend it would go into now now i think it's just called message requests or something like that and back then it didn't even give you like a notification of when you received those messages so back in like 2013 This guy messaged me, and it was literally the only smartest smart thing this guy's ever done. Uh, We'll get we'll get to that in a minute. But he was just typing zip codes into NMLS in the area, and then cross referencing of Facebook and just you know
0: just blast
1: messaging people. This was back in 2013, so you know nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, So I was like, wow, that's that's you know that's pretty impressive. So I uh, responded to him, and this was before I had decided to quit you know, my job at CSC, which was three months after I started, I think it was <laughs> 2015. We'll get 2015 is pretty wild right here. It's going to, it's kind of like my quarter life crisis. I like to call yeah. it, uh, <laughs> but um, so I responded to him and he, and I was like, would you, would you hire anybody part time? He's like, well, sure. So I got on the phone with him and he was like, I'll pay you 125 bips. I'm like, Whoa, that's like more than double what the bank was offering. Right. And I, I didn't at the time I didn't know the difference between, you know, working for a bank or a non-depository lender or anything like that. I didn't understand all of that. Um, so um I then took the 20-hour pre-licensing class, passed the exam, um, and uh, started out as a part-time loan officer. Right. And again, anybody who's in the mortgage industry knows that if you have any chance of being successful in this business, unless you're handed, you know, some kind of referral source on a silver platter, you got to grind for that business. Um, So I knew very early that I couldn't, um, I couldn't dream of being successful unless I I made it full-time job. So, like I said, about two, three months after I got this job at CSC, I quit. And uh, started doing, I started being a full time loan officer in uh, like April, May of 2015. Um, And it was Cross Country Mortgage at the time. Back then in 2015, I don't even think they were, they weren't even a delegated or a full, uh, I'm sorry, a direct seller to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac at that point. They were still a delegated correspondent. So, um, you know, very, very, very small company then, nothing like what. You know, we see today. Um, but, uh, and uh, we were only cross country for about two months after I started. And then in July, we switched to an even smaller delegated correspondent, Han- Hancock Mortgage Partners. And about six months into, you know, being with this manager, I just couldn't see eye to eye to him. And it was kind of my first exposure of that bloated retail non bank lending model, like, you know, the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for me was at 100% disabled Air Force veteran, you know, I, even that early, like, I, you know, we'll probably get into that, where I, you know, have such a passion for VA loans. Um, you know, I was like, I think it would have cost like $500 in price or something right, like, like that to get their rate a quarter percent lower to make it more reasonable and he went into this whole spiel about how interest rates work and he he had like he he justifies his you know 600 bit margins or whatever it was (laughs) he was was running and i was like you know what this isn't you know i don't really have a value proposition here i can't grow my business in this kind of environment so um throughout all of that i was I got connected? Uh, or sorry, when I was at, at Hancock Mortgage Partners, a guy by the name of Chad uh, Prior, he was in a similar situation as me. Just about two years ahead of me, he he worked in building and all that, and you know, really quickly got himself up to be you know 30000000 thirty million dollar producer. And yeah. you know, me, I'm always looking for people who have kind of had that similar path as me or just somebody I can look up to like a mentor, that kind of thing. So I reached out to him and, um, asked him, you know, just picked his brain essentially. And he told me about this Facebook group called sales talk with uh, sales pros, which is run by, um, a guy by the name of Ryan Stuman. Um, I have since left that group and do not like that, uh, you know, <laughs> that whole environment, but, um, it allowed me to, you know, first get introduced to a lot of the people who are now pretty prominent names in in the broker community like you know uh, michelle dugan chastity graf yeah andre munar like all, a lot of those people uh, are now you know pretty big voices for the broker community but none of us were brokers at that time it was pretty much just chastity Steve Fingerman, Griffin Hawk, and and the other, there's a group of us, and, and they wild, were, all, man. We were brokers. We, the rest of us were all in retail. Yeah. And then Slowly, over the last you know seven years, we've been kind of shifting over to the broker channel. So, um, end of 2015, um, backdrop a little bit. Um, I met a guy by the name of Spiro in in these groups who was the uh, market leader of a brand new market created for movement mortgage. Um, and they had this awesome, you know, um, kind of, they were all about process. So, you know, the, you know, seven hours to underwrite seven, seven, um, seven days, you know, they went up all the PTD conditions cleared, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, I can build a career on this, on this model of, you know getting things done quick and efficiently and all that and it was pretty much just movement and uwm are the only two companies that i know of off the top of my head that have really been leading that charge of innovation and you know i'm sure this whole podcast we're going to talk about is going to be you know revolving around innovation so i am always drawn to those environments so I worked for movement about, for about 2 years built uh, you know an okay career. I was never a big producer. Um I'm a great loan officer. I just don't enjoy it. Right. Um I'm not an emotional person. I don't deal with the people's emotions very well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, it, it, it that wore on me of of you know eight real estate agents and and loan officer or you know I'm sorry borrowers, you know kind of wearing you down with all this you know I can't blame them. It is yeah. it is uh It's a very, very emotional transaction. It just wasn't the best use of my talents. And, uh, you know, during those two years at Movement, I learned that the broker channel was really starting to break out. Um, And, and, you know, for me, it was always that I sold that, you know, fear, uncertainty and doubt FUD of, of, you know, with Movement, you you can get those long... You've got that certainty that those loans are getting done and then i learned that you could do the same thing in the broker channel at a significantly better price plus you had all that optionality it's it's not just price it's really the optionality in the products underwriting philosophy really anything you can think of the broker channel had uh for yeah. for a loan officer for me so i was like you know this is this doesn't make sense so you know end of 2017, I approached, um, Paul Carson who was a good friend of mine and, um, who I also met on Facebook. He's in my market, but I never met him yeah. in, in the, uh, you know, through the business, I met him on Facebook and I was like, you know, I was, like, I was like thinking, I was like thinking about starting a broker shop. And he responded, funny you say that I was thinking the same thing. And I think it was like less than a week later. We got together at a restaurant, kind of went through all the pros and cons. And we, and we just couldn't find a reason not to do it. And then about not even a week later, we came up with the name Philadelphia Mortgage Brokers and registered that LLC. And like, I don't even think we even like had like decided we were definitely going to do it. But like we, <laughs> we found out that name was available and we were like, holy shit, we're registering this. Like, I can't believe that nobody's, you know. Yeah registered a company, Philadelphia Mortgage Brokers. So we, we did that. And then uh, he was in the middle of building a house when, <laughs> when we decided this. So we had to keep it secret for like 45 days so he could settle on this house without his mortgage getting declined for right. you know, him right. being self-employed. <laughs> um, so he finished the house and then we, you know, submitted our, our license and and uh, Philadelphia Mortgage Brokers was started uh, almost five years to the day, about wow. the same. 9 10 days or so I will I've been a broker for 5 years now. Um so uh yeah, February of 2018 I became a broker. Um and then mid to late summer of 2018 um I had started to become friends with uh, Anthony Casa who had just started Aim and had the idea for Arrive then he asked me he was like can you come help with the arrive project and kind of consult and, and make sure that we are taking all brokers into effect when we're building this platform, because right. you know, they, were a consu- they were a large billion dollar consumer direct platform. They didn't know what it was like for that one to three man referral based shop, right? Because the, that's your typical broker right there. Yeah. Um, at mm-hmm. least that's the way I look at the mortgage broker industry. I always look at them and there's a small you know, no more than like five people at, in a local market. Like that to me is my favorite type of mortgage brokers always will be, even as someone who has grown beyond that. Uh, I think that that is the spirit of what a mortgage broker should be. Yeah. So I consulted for a few months for Arrive and I'm like, holy shit, like the, if, if they pull this platform off <laughs> then it could open the doors wide open for the broker channel because it's always been that there was never any technology investment for those small mom and pop type companies. So arrive was this platform that was going to democratize mortgage technology for the little guy. And, you know, at that time, I didn't know whether it was going to work or not, but I was like, you know what? I want to be the first one to try it. So I came up with the idea end of 2018 about, I guess it was like 10 months after I started Philadelphia mortgage brokers to start Epic lending because uh, Paul's got two small kids and, you know, he, he didn't have any interest in growing a, um, you know, nationwide mortgage brokerage. And plus we'd have to do a DBA because Philadelphia mortgage brokers is not a scalable brand obviously. (laughs) So I, uh, you know, I'm still a partner in Philadelphia mortgage brokers to this day and involved in that strategy. But, you know, I had started Epic lending to kind of, um, you know, grow that national platform. We got up to um, 19 states. Um, Last year, we closed a little over 200 million, got about a little over 30 people. Um, And, um, uh, you know, over the last few years, you know, Arrive did wind up being exactly what we thought it could be. It's literally the best LOS from an originator standpoint that's ever been built uh in my opinion. Um there's a few other good, you know, competing options out there, but um, you know, just the ease of being able to take an application and and what we do. We take an application, we collect documents and we run AUS and an LOS and like yeah. arrive does that like you can run through ten or three twenty minutes, like yeah, it's it, lights out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like encompass. You're like screen this screen, that screen, and then you got the latency between each one. And I use PC lender at movement too, and that was the same deal. <laughs> just you're like spending half of your job waiting for different screens to load. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah, always yeah. say like the best way to kind of you know other than functionality, the best way to determine whether technology is efficient or taking away from your business just bust out the stopwatch on your phone. Yeah. When you go from window to window, how fast does it take? How long does it take to go from screen to screen? And that's, that is, you know, time is money. So right. imagine it's not just the LO, look, the underwriter that has to go into that system, the capital markets person that has to go in. And like, you add that up over a few thousand people when you're a large company, that's That's why I always argue that Encompass is the largest source of inefficiency in our industry. Sorry, I'm going to get a little provocative here, but (laughs) a lot of people won't agree with me. But I I think the opinions
0: stated are not the opinions of uh, Tech Friday's podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You got it. But um, anywho, so, um, you know, and so we got up to, you know, at our peak in 2021, we closed $275 million in volume. And, and, you know, I quickly got to, you know, about 30 loan officers and with anybody who has started a mortgage brokerage and gone to that point knows how it gets harder and harder to scale. Because you don't, on the business side, you know, we had arrived, but on the business side, we didn't have any resources for accounting calculating commissions really easily and you know it sounds simple at the at the at the outset but like when you start getting into loa and processor pay overrides for people recruiting each other if you're you know uber compliant like i am and pay pay a draw um you know all of that is a lot to yeah. to manage and and there's no automation like you're just fumbling around in quickbooks and You know when you're closing 90 units a month as a company like it starts to become really hard to identify all those transactions hitting your account what what loan they're for and um you know splitting out that trans your revenue check between the revenue the pass-through expense reimbursements all of that stuff it just it got harder and harder and and unless you are really really good at manipulating spreadsheets and doing yeah. pivot tables and all that stuff and even in that case it's not scalable it's not scalable so, that's, yes, that's the point. yeah exactly so i started out by you know commission calculation was kind of my biggest challenge um personally so um i i had this idea just to kind of start developing technology in-house to to make things more efficient and as i was doing that i was like you know what like Growing a mortgage company just really isn't my passion at the end of the day. I kind of had, yeah. like, you know, I guess, a, a you know, come to Jesus kind of moment with myself or, or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, you know, what, I, I don't really have an interest in being like, you know, because at the bottom, end of the day, mortgages, we all sell commodities we sell something that all has pretty much the same price for the most part Yeah, same products we all follow the same guidelines as just how you execute on it and some do that better than others obviously so i wanted to be you know i really always i value being unique i'm different i'm i'm kind of the you know um uh walk to be my own drum kind of person (laughs) so so um i said you know I was like, wait a second, like I can build this technology not only for myself, but the entire broker community. Cause you know, it's always been to me um the most rewarding aspect of becoming a broker is just the community that we've built and and com- theoretic, you know, technically competitors helping yeah. lift each other up and all of that. And And uh, that was kind of where my my passion for for Epic OS, which which we'll work, which I'll you know get into all of the uh, you know features and and the idea behind that, but you know just helping those small people, you know small businesses grow and scale, and or or even if they want to stay where they are and be like I said, that perfect mortgage broker of that you know three person shop or whatever. Like I I want, I want to make sure that they don't feel like they're out on an Island, like, you know, kind of like what I was and uh, they they have all of those resources to be able to either stay the same size as they are and just have their job be easier or have a technology platform that will help them get to, you know, a thousand person. Right. So I think you uh, and I,
0: you and I talked a little bit about this when you were kind of starting the process of of kind of creating Epic OS and, and market it to the rest of the broker community. And I think what we talked about was, yes, there's, there's platforms similar to this, but they're really built for large enterprise, you know, IMBs and even financial institutions to some degree. And there was a huge gap for, like you said, that small, you know, sweet spot mortgage brokerage. Um, so maybe let's let's get into kind of the the, the what what epico is like o s is what it what did you build how is it benefiting these small shops and and how are things going for you
1: Yeah. so the best way to describe what epic o s is is an e r p for mortgage brokers so e r p enterprise resource planning or something. I, I forget exactly <laughs> the acronym. I, there's so many acronyms we have to remember. Even, oh, yeah. I, I think even you as being a mortgage OG, you probably come across like, what the hell does that mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> I just make stuff up. So it's all yeah, exactly. good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so essentially what it does is it does accounting, finance, commission calculation it has it's going to have business intelligence tools built into it it's essentially the first system ever built for the mortgage broker channel specifically that is going to be a place where your loan data and your financial data live in one system and anybody who understands businesses and how they work and and you know how important data is it's it's literally like it's it's groundbreaking i I can't even like there's no no other way to kind of describe it um you know the way i look at it is every single mortgage broker will need to be on this platform once it's once it's fully developed and there there's it's never been built before there's no i don't have my only competitor really is QuickBooks. yeah in the (laughs) broker space right exactly yeah and then even yeah and then once you get the mortgage banking like i've analyzed a lot of those platforms it's all all mostly legacy desktop based applications right. and even those don't even have a ton of automation so like i feel like the mortgage mortgage brokers are going to have a better you know accounting and finance tools than you know similar to arrive right. than what retail shops have um so um you know just think of things like you know for my like my shop for instance, when we're closing 90 units a month Almost all those transactions, when they hit my bank account, Epic OS is already going to know what they're for, what transaction they're for. It's already going to have the revenue and the pass-through expenses split out for you. Um, It's already going to have the commission projected for the loan officers. You'll be able to have forecasts of what loans you're going to close 30, 60, 90 days out. It's going to have your performance based on your speed and And, uh, you know, every single data point you can think of that can be taken from your loan data and your financial data to, um, you know, break it down to your loan officer. If you have, if you bring on a net branch, it'll have, it'll handle that. If you are, you know, you're heavy on recruiting, it'll have pro formas that you can, you know, send a little secure link to a recruit and it's going to have a really pretty presentation of like, this is your breakdown and why, what you're getting paid and what, You know what goes into it all of that kind of stuff um you know uh your speed uh lender by lender so you can kind of hold each of your lender partners accountable of what those real numbers are and uh you know how you can improve i even look at like you know benchmarking versus other brokers so you know where you stand in your market or nationwide or you know things like that there's there it's really unlimited in in what we can do to really cl- what i like to call closing that technology loop for parts yeah. uh, of that business side of things so so you're
0: getting it, your platform is directly integrated with the LOS right so arrive in this case so in real time to your point you have all the visibility uh, on that loan and then you're able to see the financial ramifications <laughs> There's the first sneeze in podcast history. Um, <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, you're able to take the real time kind of loan status, loan data, and then project the finance aspect of it. How? What about on the on the compliance side? Like specifically, I know a big pain point for broker owners is kind of managing the you know the audit side with with the state regulators. How how are you, how is your platform helping there?
1: Yeah, so I think where my platform will help is really it it kind of forces brokers to stay on top of things a little bit more with their, you know, I always tell people when I'm doing demos and onboarding them and all that, like your LOS is still your center of truth. Everything needs to be accurate in there for everything else to work. So like I've helped broker shops kind of reframe how they keep their los updated so like your statuses are always up to date within 24 hours you're you know all of the numbers you have accurate like it's just kind of making sure that you're more efficient in make in making sure everything's accurate essentially um i don't want to say that i'm going to dive too much into the compliance waters because i i feel like it's a little you know, outside the spirit of the system. However, yeah. it will do things like, you know, anybody who has filed that uh, MCRFC, the financial condition report every year, uh, you know, by uh, March 15th or April 15th, whatever it is, knows that it's a huge pain in the ass. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of look at it kind of like how Arrive did with an XML export um, of the regular call reports. We'll do the same thing for that financial condition report, so that'll save you know them them a good amount of time, and I guess that's the closest thing to compliance that. Um, yeah, I was thinking. I was that's what I was through. kind of
0: thinking about is that that financial reporting aspect with the with the regulators, the state regulators in particular.
1: Exactly, and what I what I from a compliance standpoint, of what I do think that we would do is. I want to build kind of like a wiki or knowledge base into the platform too that will give brokers all of those resources in terms of like, you know, you want to get licensed in the state. What does it yeah. look like? You know, what whatever that is. I do, I do kind of look at it as being a, a resource guide kind of thing. But in terms of being audit ready and like your policies and procedures and LO comp, uh, documents and all that. There's a lot of risk there. There's a lot of, you know, legal ramifications. So I would likely partner with, you know, strategy compliance partners or something like that to, to, you know, make sure brokers are truly audit ready, but, um, a more efficient business is always going to, as someone who's been through six state examinations (laughs) over the last couple of years, um, having real-time data is, is critical to, um, making sure that you're compliant and you're you're passing those state examinations.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think to me it's always I've always thought of the you know these the various regulatory exams I've always had to the the have had to have those at a higher level whether it was the OCC or FDIC, but they always went better when you started with a a, a place where you're well organized. To your point, the data is near real time or very real time. Um, and you're not, you know, scrambling when when there's a million questions. So I think I think what you've got is uh, the framework for the financial side of the business that when you kind of put it together with the other aspects of an audit, whether it's at the loan level and that's going to come out of LOS or to your point, you know, with one of the with a firm's like strategic uh, uh, compliance, uh, you know, you, you kind of bring the best of the the best of the best together to make that process as efficient. and uh reduce as much risk and friction for the broker owner as possible.
1: Exactly. And yeah, we're looking to integrate with every LOS to not just arrive like yeah. we're in early discussions with LendingPad as well. It's a great LOS. Um and then, you know, we'll we'll see about those legacy systems like point and yeah, and bite and all of those. How that how that works? Uh, I do know the point is, or bite. I'm sorry, is usually really friendly with integrations and all yeah. that and Compass as well as much as my. Yeah, I'm sure
0: work, you'll 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 be still yeah, brokers
1: out there. And believe it or not, I've had a few retail shops reach out to me about it as well to you know yeah. help with their. Commission and and all of that, so chances are we'll be integrated with Encompass sooner rather than no doubt.
0: All all roads go through uh, through uh-huh. ice, it
1: seems. Sure does. <laughs> well, Evan,
0: man, this has been super interesting for me. It's great to get caught up. It's great to to learn your background and and really dig into what you've built with Epic OS. I'm excited for kind of the the future of the platform and and the value, the true value you're bringing to the broker channel. Kudos to you and the team. Thank you.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Well, we'll uh, we'll have you back on maybe uh, towards the end of the year to kind of get an update on, and a status on on what you're up to, kind of like a Shark Tank uh, episode when they bring back the uh, the early uh, success story. So I like it. <laughs> until then, I'll be cheering for you. And uh, again, I appreciate you coming on. And everybody, thanks for thanks for tuning in. And come back next week for FinTech Fridays. Thanks, Brian.